Welcome to the Fizzle Show. Yeah. If you want to create an independent living doing something that you care about, you've come to the right place. We help folks like you build your thing through earnest, exploratory conversations, rich tips, and inside jokes. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If we were wines, he'd be Cabernet Sauvignon. Suave, classy, and upscale. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be Pinot Noir or Peanut Noir, depending on how fancy you are. Quiet, understated, with underlying strength and complexity. And me, Chase Reeves. I'd be Zinfandel, zany, completely unpredictable, and filled with a zest for life. (laughs) That one comes to us from Fizzler Andy Perdue, a real deal wine guy in the Northwest. Thanks, Andy. In this episode, none of us have uh, the goal of being alone at the end of our lives. That's not why we're building our businesses. None, None of us want to be Scrooge in a silent house on some hill somewhere. No, we want life. We want romance and deep love to rest in and giggle with and to use our bodies on. (laughs) Yet the way in which so many of us are building our businesses, we're literally scrooging ourselves. We're heading towards isolation from our life partners instead of towards connection with them. So in this episode, we hear from a fizzler struggling with this exact issue and explore through our own lives some great rich tips and tactics for creating and keeping strong personal relationships in our lives. Follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 55, and I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. Okay, guys, so I want to do something a little bit different today. There was in the forums a sort of a hard, like a, not sort of, a really heartfelt question that was asked and so i want to i want to read that question changing the names of people and places to, to protect, protect the innocent, innocent. <laughs> uh so we got a question from a fizzler named terry because terry's just an awesome name you know you know what's gonna happen we're gonna say the guy's real name during the episode we're just gonna forget all right terry terry is an awesome name just an fyi if you're listening to the fizzle show and you're a dude named terry and you happen to have a feathered mullet just sort of like a you know Kentucky waterfall. We're talking about straight, thin hair. Mm-hmm. You are my guy. I need to talk with you. I want you to send me an email. Through, and a photograph. And a photograph through Caleb. So just email Caleb about that. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, this, is, this was a real heartfelt question. It's a young young guy named Terry building his business. Uh, and and you'll, you'll hear here what, what's at stake. You guys okay if I just read this? I'm so ready. Boy, am I. (laughs) (laughs) He says, uh, hey, Fizzlers, I'm currently writing from, uh, let's say, the Hamptons, something like that. I want to change the name of the places, too, just because that keeps it interesting. Yeah. Say the Hamptons. Let's go Massachusetts. Let's go from Massachusetts. Undisclosed. I'm currently writing from, oh, God, (laughs) I used to be so good at that. Now I can't even get close. Oh, I'm currently riding from the Hamptons, where I'm visiting family for two weeks in May. Thanks to some circumstances surrounding my business happenings, I was able to get out of town and almost totally unplug. My life has changed dramatically in 2014. My wife and I moved to Seattle in January. We were living in Olympia, Washington capital, for the majority of my life. 
I had always dreamed of living in the big city, surrounded by millions of people and the constant forward momentum of innovative businesses and idea-driven people. Being in the dance music industry, that's my boy, uh, being in the dance music industry, there wasn't much for me in Olympia, so we made the jump to Seattle. I found uh, a barely get-by job at Target just to make the transition smoother. And I'd gotten really used to the hustle hating or just being okay with my day job to pursue my real goals every other hour of the day. It was no problem to work 16 hours a day because what else What else would I do with my time? I had goals to expand my audience for my music I create and to get more active playing shows and eventually tour. In March, everything changed. My wife decided that she wasn't so happy in our relationship. I guess I could tell we had been hustling in our respective businesses for so long and not seeing a huge payout from all the work that we were doing. I guess she was exhausted, and I tended to just pretend our problems weren't problems unless they were rearing their ugly heads. We were in survival mode, but all in all, she left. She was undergoing personal changes of her own, and frankly, we were both young. She was 19 and I was 21 when we got married. So it's only natural for our personalities and life goals to shift and change as time went by. In dealing with the falling apart of my relationship with her, I went all out in my business. I had nothing to lose. Day by day, a hatred for my job grew stronger and stronger. And April 2nd, I quit. Now, here's the scenario. Because I'm just dealing with bills for myself, my overhead is drastically lower. I have no car, no debt. So the associated payments that my wife had are no longer there. So here's the thing I'm struggling with now. My drive seems to have disappeared. The internal dialogue I had before was this, and I quote, I'm doing my business so that I can get out of a job I don't like, provide for my wife, eventually buy a house, and start our family, end quote. Now my internal dialogue is this, quote, I'm super passionate about music, dot, 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 uh, dot, dot, dot. I like Netflix, dot, dot, dot. Doctor Who's awesome for life, dot, dot, dot. Hard cider, (laughs) end quote. All my motivators have disappeared. I'm not driven to escape the nine to five and my long-term vision needs a total overhaul. I know I have a huge opportunity to make this time mean something. I'm just not sure where to start. Love you guys. Thanks for reading. It's kind of like a heavy, pretty heavy thing, right? Yeah. I just, I I remember. Luckily he has youth on his side. So yeah, there's plenty of time to figure this stuff out. I got to be honest. Part of yeah, part of the you know, I'm still young, but I'm way older than Terry here. And part of my initial reaction is like, yeah, you 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 lucked out that this is happening so early on. Mm-hmm. You also lucked out. I'm also a little bit envious that that he's hustling so hard at this young age. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't, I guess, and that was important for where I went and became. Like in my sort of creative directorness, I needed those sort of that cultural exploration in yeah. some ways without any sort of... Outcome. You needed the hard cider in Doctor Who. I kind of did. Yeah. Um, and I guess I could I could make that excuse all my life if I was really smart. Sure. But this, I don't know, I read this and it was just, it, first of all, this is a fizzler that I know and, and we've mentioned on the show before and uh, someone that I, you know, I really want to be successful. And, you know, that when you go through, so, I mean, imagine... You know, both of you guys, all three of us are married. Imagine if we were at a situation and it's easy to kind of say, oh, you're young. But imagine if our, in our lives now, like business was such that uh, it cost that kind of emotional rift with mm-hmm. with our wives or that some that lifestyle thing where you just get to a point where you've faded yeah. away or, from each other. 
enough to where it's like it almost makes more sense. Well, or you became so obsessed with your business yeah. or your work that you distance yourself from your spouse. That happens too. Yeah. And that could have happened here, you know, or maybe he used the business as an excuse to be able to distance himself from his wife. Like, yeah. I don't want to get into some weird. Yeah. And ultimately we, we, we won't be able to know those details. And, yeah. and, and, and I do want to, I want to use this specific example, not to, not to diagnose Terry's situation, but to say, but to extrapolate the, the lessons from this, mm-hmm. you know, so in, in this episode, what I'd like to talk about is specifically how we navigate our, our personal relationships while we do our business. And I want to do in the next episode, I want to talk about, um, his, the, the, so in the first, let's address the, the, the bummer of the situation that he found himself in and that we could all find ourselves in. You know, and so how do we how do we balance this regular life stuff? This whether it's marriages or partnerships with 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 our life partner, or whether it's just our our parents and kids and all this other stuff. So how yeah. are we how are we doing that in our lives? And what have we learned about that? And then answering in the next episode, the next question about what about the motivation? What do you do when your drive disappears? And I think that was such a powerful thing he said. Um, all my motivators have disappeared, and now I wake up and it's a whole new chapter. And it's like, what now? I think that's a really big question. Yeah. But let's first, uh, in this episode, just talk about what this whole means for. Uh... Yeah. And we can almost address like this first episode. It's, it's about the people in your lives and whether or not they're supportive and how you manage working a bit on a business while also fostering those relationships or at least keeping them going or the ones that are important to you. Mm-hmm. And maybe partly that means letting the ones that aren't so important you know, fall by the wayside for a well, while. Well, that let's definitely bring that up at some point too, yeah. Caleb. Before we we finish this first part, make make sure we come back to the idea that, like, just like we've had in the last two episodes, the importance of saying no to ideas and things like that. Mm-hmm. We we're doing. I, we have to do the same all the time with relationships. When you get to a point where you're focused on your business, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You say no, or you say not right now, yeah. or you say. Not so often, or whatever yeah, the answer is. Totally, I've definitely experienced that. Yeah. So uh, let, I'll just jump in. Um, I mean, I I read this, and I just, I just, I my wife, my wife works as well, and she's really successful as well, or driven. You know, we're both very driven. We're both very passionate about what we do for a living. She's in real estate, and she's creating a real estate brokerage and and all this other stuff. And I watch her get really excited about what she does, and I can't kind, I kind of. I'm doing this dance where I'm like, I know this is pulling you away from me, but at the same time, look at how alive and active you are. And I want to support that in you in the same way that I want you to support the way that my business makes me alive. And right. Active. Because if I'm not doing this, if I'm trying to be stay at home dad or something like that, you're going crazy. I'm uh, yeah. I, I just, I need the, I need the art. I need the expression. I need the, the, the performance in front of other people. I, yep. need, I need to feel like I'm, I'm building that thing that, uh, for some reason, you know, um, but I, but it's really personal for me to hear Terry's story. And I, and now I shouldn't have called him Terry because now every time I say it, I kind of giggle because I've got like all my uncle's friends are Terry's, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and they're the best guys. Yeah. Um, they but I smoke. They're, they're, yeah. Oh my God. Just lots of cigarettes and little cigars uh-huh. and like lots of Coors flavored cigars, beer koozies yep. everywhere. Sure. It's just multiple. You only need one. Got lots of them. Got lots. <laughs> You lose them, misplace them. <laughs> so, uh, but th- I couldn't help but feel like the uh, the personal 
for me, I read, I, I saw myself in this story. I mean, because it's a danger, it's a fear that I feel about my relationship pretty strongly because mm-hmm. we're very capable of doing that, of, of working ourselves out of one another, essentially. Um, and the discipline of staying close it, and making sacrifices for the sake of one another, it can be really challenging. And I'll tell you why. Because in my business, I, uh, nobody cries after sex. In my business, I have full control. Hey-o. Yeah. In my business, I have full control. I'm not saying that business is like masturbation, but it sure is, could be a little bit like that. Oh, God. Here we go. You ready for <laughs> What's number three going to be? What's number three? No. But this, this idea of control, I think when I see her putting on the power suit, and uh, so we have a really, really difficult four-year-old. And he's been difficult since day one. And she thought she was going to be the best mom, and I thought I was going to be the best dad. Turns out this kid was just a nightmare. <laughs> just lights <laughs> out. Proved you wrong. Yeah. Uh, and and he's, if we could just survive the next few years, he's going to be awesome. But it neither of us got to have that. Look at me. I'm really a natural at this feeling with parenting. And I think it's very common to not have that feeling. you know. Uh, but because of that, it's kind of addictive to go to work. Because I control the variables, this is my blank canvas, mm, yeah. and I can, I, like, I can, I can pull one inch here, and it goes a mile all the way down there. Whereas you don't get to do that with a four or five year old, or a two year old, or a one year old. You know, it's really, it can feel very. And there's something uh, meditative about that. Like yeah. this is reality. This is my kid. This is, and even though it's not control, even though it's not power, even though it's not uh, something like that, it also is the future. It yeah. also is a vision, and. I have to pull my soul and pull my my desires back in. So in Terry's them. case, I wonder, you know, if this lack of motivation now stems from the fact that he can control all aspects of his life because it's not he's not in a relationship with someone else at this point. So Potentially. he doesn't need that other space now. It doesn't serve the same purpose. Yeah. Like maybe. for you. Yeah, is uh, I I can only read If you were my single, own. you you might sit around and watch Battlestar Galactica all day. Oh, and I I would. I did. Yeah. I, was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I did. I like that. No, but, uh, <laughs> that's great. It's always such a trip because we're sitting here looking into each other's eyes, me and Corbett, and out of the darkness comes Caleb's voice and yeah. it says perfect clarity. <laughs> I, I did. It. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I like so, it. So, but th- so this is, um, you're kind of talking about making sure that you stay close to your spouse. And There's whatever. a discipline to it, right? Yeah, there is. And and I guess the worry is maybe that you drive a wedge between you and your spouse or whatever. Because no, the worry is not even yeah. It, but the wedge, what does a wedge look like? It looks like a a year and a half of just not going a little bit of the extra mile, mm-hmm. and instead you just go a little less and not far enough. No, none of these offenses are big enough for anyone to fight about them. Like he says in the question, like they're not a problem until they're just rearing their ugly heads. Yeah. But the most, most vicious thing, you those, don't see them. Until yeah. They're, they're just yeah. these little, little yeah. whispers, these little threads yep. that coming, that are coming unraveled here, there, and there. you would never notice it. I mean, the whole garments and text. Yeah. But it's, that's, well, how and you, that's, that's one of those things for. where you have to kind of ask yourself, like, what's the, what's the point of all this, of all this business building stuff and yeah. of life in general? Um, or at least of enjoying your life. And if you really care about someone, mm-hmm. then how much damage can you afford to do to that relationship because you're pursuing something else? But oftentimes I think this is more of an issue of alignment between you and your family or your spouse or whoever. Um, and a lot of times I think people aren't wrestling with the worry that they're going to become distanced, but more that their family isn't as supportive as they would like them to be mm. in their business. Their family doesn't understand what they're doing or they write them off. They think that they're wasting time. 
that they should be out there building a better career instead of pursuing this pipe dream because Mm -hmm. it's really easy to dismiss entrepreneurs. I think that's one of the things that, um, that outsiders don't necessarily understand about entrepreneurship is that we're constantly being dismissed as being crazy or, um, we're just like self-absorbed or something because we're trying to do this thing. It's an important thing. Like there's this necessary delusion yeah. To being an entrepreneur, like you actually think you could do something that could be successful, right? Which is necessarily you need a little bit of delusion to kind of believe. Yeah, that. because if you don't believe it, you're never going to try. There's a there, yeah. There's an inherent kind of you know, just like with comedians, there's an inherent kind of brokenness in yeah. them. I mean, don't let's be honest. There's brokenness in all of us, right. but there's there's something special about an entrepreneur. Also, this kind of brokenness where it's like whether not that we have to put a name on it or anything, but like we want to build something, we want the people to come and use the thing. We think we can do that. And just by nature of the fact that that is less common than the status quo, we were, if we were raised in a village where every single person was starting a new business, that's what you did. Right. What's your business going to be? What's your business going to yeah. be from a young, young age? Like gladiator. Yeah. You go off and fight the bears or something. Then they, your, your family would understand because that's just what you exactly. do. Exactly. But we don't, we don't live in that world. We live in a world where very few people are entrepreneurs and your family just wants a nicer house and a better life for sure. themselves. And they don't see how wasting five years trying to build a business and spending your savings and all of your free time and all that stuff, they don't see where the payoff's going to come because maybe they don't believe in you. Yep. Maybe they don't know what, anyone who's been a successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Maybe you haven't explained it well enough to them. And I, I've gotten this question a lot in the past. Like my, my wife doesn't understand or my husband doesn't understand what I'm trying to do. How do I deal with that? Yeah. That's a tough one, right? Because mm-hmm. there's kind of a couple of ways you can go. One is maybe it's not the right relationship fit for you if you've been trying for a long time. Yeah. Um, but more than likely, you haven't done a good job of selling it. And selling is an important skill as an entrepreneur. If you yeah. can't sell this to your spouse, how are you going to sell your business idea to employees, investors, customers, mm-hmm. you know, the world in general? Yeah. So it kind of starts with being able to sell this idea to your spouse and at least being able to sell them on the idea of, you know what, I want to carve out this little bit of time and money and focus in my life yeah. to dedicate to this business. And I want you to agree that either you're going to let me do it because it's something that I need to do and you believe in me and you trust me, or because you're sold that this is worth that investment. This is worth the 10 hours a week or whatever that I'm going to spend on it. And for us as a couple or for us as a family, this 10 hours a week is a worthwhile investment because it might mean five years from now, we have all this freedom. You know, yeah. and those stories that you have read that have convinced you to become an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. the four hour work week or whatever it was, yeah. you know, the hundred dollar startup, whatever tales it was that you stumbled on or the person that you met that convinced you that it might be possible. You need to share those with your spouse yeah. and let your spouse know what the dream is. Let them in on the dream. Don't just like hole up in your office for three hours every night until three in the morning. Your spouse wonders if you have a porn addiction or if you're actually yeah. like doing something useful. You, know? you do have a porn addiction. We should just address sure. that right now. It makes me think of Mark Suster. He just had a great interview on This Week in Startups. He's a, he's a long, he's, he's a venture capitalist, successful dude. Really, I like, I like him. He actually, laid he, back. Yeah. Yeah. He's like laid back. Attitude, yeah. He's a great blogger too. And, um, he has these, this well developed blog post, which I haven't read. He just mentioned it on the, on the, the thing. I'll put it in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, about partnerships, like when you have a co-founder or something like that. And 
in the interview on This Week in Startups, he mentioned a couple things very similar to what you're talking about. Like you might realize it was one thing if you're co- working with someone up front and you're trying to build a thing. He says what always ends up happening is there's just there's this very small delta between when you start and a very large delta, you know, one mile down the road when you both have been going a little bit different directions. And one wants to build a billion dollar company. The other one just wants two million dollars. That would change their whole life. You know what I mean? And these are two very different outlooks. Kind of when you mentioned something alignment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's actually a really big, it's a big deal when it talk, when you come to, to talking about partnering with someone for a business. Yeah. And it, you bring up a really great point that your spouse is essentially a partner in this business. You know, whatever you're trying to do. They are. And yeah. it, it makes me think of like when my wife, Melissa, she's in real estate. And so she wants to be buying homes and things like that. And the kind of homes that she wants to look at is just like, they just stress me out. I'm like, I don't know about that. There's so many zeros there. I don't know what a square foot is. I've yeah. never seen one, never picked one up. Or I don't know what you could do with a square foot. Right. I don't know that world. Sounds like math. Right. And so, uh, and, and so we're constantly fighting about th- that. Just like she's always fighting with me about the time that I want to go spend speaking at a conference or doing this, that, and the other. So we're not seeing the vision one another has. Yep. And she could sell me on that vision just like I could sell her on it. And so I'm basically taking that medicine to heart right now. Yeah. You're saying this idea of like, yeah, I need to bring her on board with the vision of what we're building because she believes in me so much. And she, I believe she'll be the most successful real estate agent in Portland. There's no question about it. She's better than all of them. But I can believe that about her and she could believe that about me. And I could still lose, we could still travel a little bit different distances that aren't that big of a deal right now but in a year or two or five they end up being really wide yeah. and beyond well, the and vision, you also need to talk about what you're going to sacrifice like what you're willing to sacrifice time wise financially relationship wise all that kind of stuff yeah so like there's the vision of like what is this going to be and why are we working so hard and what do we want our lives to be like but okay now what are we going to do now and what are we both going to be okay with sacrificing for a little bit until we get there yeah, because yeah, like, it, what would you call those? The tangible realities of of what mm-hmm. this looks like, the actual lifestyle of the thing. Yeah, because there are like very real things that you have to give up in order to pursue a business, right, Caleb? Yeah. I mean, you you and uh, Jen must have talked a lot about things that you're going to give up, especially when you were a new couple. You were you know just graduating from various. You were degree pulling programs. down like five or six G's uh, a, a year. But working at Boeing, making <laughs> airplanes, I think you were probably flying them for all I know. Yeah. You know, you're doing sure. crazy so good I was work. Five to six thousand dollars a year. Yeah. No, that's, that's but, minimum wage, right? This G's, bro. We don't talk in tens. We don't talk in single digits. No, but you guys had to decide that you were gonna give some things up, right? I mean, I you were you were like diligent about keeping a budget yeah. and planning things out. So you must have had things written down like what is this business going to cost me and what is her business going to cost us and so on. Yeah, and we saved up a bunch to make that jump too. So we knew that we were probably going to spend all of that money. And there were other things like benefits. We had to, you know, pick up those on the side. And, you know, she wasn't even getting income for a very, very long time, let alone the income offsetting expenses of the business too. Like, so yeah, there's a lot of different sacrifices. I I mean, it's dependent on the person. I always think about, you know, the financial aspects of it the time aspects of it. Other people might think of the freedom aspects of it. Like if you, you know, th- then it's like not just sacrifices, but it's like, what do you gain too? Cause like we went and traveled for a bit. So it's like, those are the pros and cons of the, these different tangible things that you guys have to think about. And yeah. if you have kids and you can stay at home with them instead of having to hire a nanny or someone to watch your kids while you're at work, you know, that those are, there's pros and cons to each. Cause there's a financial aspect of not having to pay someone to watch your kids while you're at work. 
But then it's also, okay, well, maybe you should still be paying someone to watch your kids because you're not going to have that full amount of time to get your work done. You're going to be watching your kids. So like, there's pros and cons to all different kinds of aspects when you are talking with your spouse about this stuff. And I think that you can think about, you know, if, if someone in a relationship says, I want to go back to school to become blank. Yeah. I want to become a veterinarian or something. Mm-hmm. You can look at the degree programs, what they're going to cost, how long it's going to take, yeah. what jobs are available at the end of that, and kind of do this whole calculation. Okay, yeah, it's this going to be a little. Years to pay it yeah, off it's going to be that. painful for three years. Then you're going to get a good job. We'll have it paid off eventually, and our lives are going to look different down yeah. the road. With entrepreneurship, it's a whole different ballgame because there's so many unknowns. Like you don't know, first of all, if it's going to work out at all, and if it does yeah. work out. There's just a bunch of question marks, like how much time is this going to take? How long is it going to take for the thing to work out? How much money will I make? What will our lives look like? Yeah, well, it's just like a business plan. You can plan whatever it's going to be in two or three years, but you have to get the customers. You have to get the actual business built, and who knows what it's going to be in two or three years? You can plan all you want as yeah. a, as a couple. They're all get, but, planning is guessing, as they yeah. say. Yeah, and there's all this. There, 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 there's also the really big question of you know most of us who are you know twenty something or wherever trying to start to do our own thing for the very first time. We didn't go to school to do our own thing. We didn't go to school to create a blog and turn it into a business. We didn't go to school to try to create a product or, or, and, and make it successful or not, right? We're trying, we're coming at this later in life or, or earlier, but either way, we probably didn't get to, there isn't that education. Fizzle's the, <laughs> Fizzle's the education for that thing. The blogs that you're reading are the education for that thing. And so you don't know what to expect from this thing. And it makes me think of, you know, we get a lot of emails from people asking, uh, hey, I'd love for my wife to be able to log in through my, my Fizzle account and see some videos and stuff like that. Is that, is that cool? And we, we, we always say yes. And it makes me think like now maybe it might be a best practice to like have your, your spouse, yeah. you know, come in and just watch a couple. Like the Fizzle mindset sure. is a great... Maybe we like, need a course on how to approach your spouse about this you, or? make no truly honestly though like and it's not just your spouse it's also I mean, maybe maybe you i mean obviously you have your 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 partner that you're doing life yep. with and maybe you have a couple i don't know the world's moving fast these <laughs> days but but uh you know i was i was at a fizzle meetup recently i i talked to someone who was like you know he's so driven and, and committed to his idea that he's like i'm not dating i'm not doing anything all i do is read blog posts and and try to do this stuff and 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 it just seems like at what cost it, what is that costing you? Yeah, there's also this like opportunity cost of, of, and this is something I want to get into uh, that we haven't yet. This like, what is the point of that relationship? Is this actually happy making or not? And, like, just like, what does it look like for this relationship to really win? Just like, what does it look like for your business to actually mm-hmm. win and balancing those? But I just I realized like there's a lot of misdirection out there. You you don't don't <laughs> don't not date just to grow your business. You know, don't not don't miss out on life to grow a lifestyle business later. You're doing exactly the opposite right. of what you intend to do with this business. True. And also, don't idolize. Don't make a golden calf or an idol idol out of out of this concept of freedom or the concept of security because there's there's a there's a sliding scale of both. Mm-hmm. You know, like I watched Shark Tank for the first time. I'd never seen it before. My dad had like pretty cool four show, of right? these things yeah. DVR'd, and we watched through all of them. And he kept pausing it, saying, "Hey, Tiger, hey, Tiger, what would you do? 
What would you do? Would he probably like before the answers came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They like, they pitch something on some collapsible kayak. He'd be positive. All right, Tiger, what do you think? What do you think? And then I'd just give my answer. It was just an excuse for him to give me his answer. Yeah, and to tell me he continued to reiterate. Should have been on the show. Should have been one of these sharks. Should have been one of these sharks. And my dad has a lot of experience in business. He does. Yeah, but. Uh, and with big business too, with scaling like to to multi million dollar industry stuff. Yep. But so, but it's my dad. He's sitting there in his totally. freaking golf shorts, splayed out all over the couch. It's it's magic. It's magical. But I was watching that show for the first time, and there was one of the one of the. There's Mister Wonderful, right? He's the dad. Uh, you know, who's like who's like always like the the uh, mm-hmm. the sort of the bad guy. He yep. loves to be bad or whatever, right? And he says, like, what I love about this show is it's about freedom. And and then he doesn't go to look at these people doing something they care about for a living. He goes to, because when you're rich, you get to do what you want. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, what a answer. Yeah. Like, what a bummer. What a bummer answer that is compared to just being able to say the other, which is another, just a slightly different direction, which is like you get to do what you care about for a living or something that you care about yeah. for a living where you feel engaged, you feel like you're heading somewhere, you feel all of these things versus wasting away in a cubicle or, you know, being Ebenezer Scrooge on top of a mountain. Totally. Just like racing it's not the, people. It's not the wealth that affords you the freedom. And, it, and I think that's, that's his shtick. That's his character yeah. on that yeah. show, right? But so as you're explaining this to your spouse, yeah. it can't be just that I'm going to be rich one day because yeah. that's not a very believable story and nor does it mean that your Not only is it better. not believable, but it's also, I mean, it might not happen. Right. So if you sell, like, the, then there was, there was two, there was one couple on the show that really, like, struck me for a couple of reasons. Um, uh, they were called uh, Grace and Lace and it was a husband-wife team clearly from, you know, the South, I think they looked like they were from Nashville. I think they were to Texas or something like that. And um, they were pregnant. She was pregnant. She heard from their doctor about, I forget how many months into it, that it's uh, the baby's probably not going to make it. But this is like multiple months in. Like this is like oh. we're in the home stretch here. And they kind of like are like, oh, my God. So she goes bed rest trying to do everything to keep this baby safe uh, and do everything they can for the baby. And when she's in bed rest, she doesn't know what to do. So she just learns how to knit and crochet and stuff, right? So she's just knitting. She she makes the baby a blanket and all this other stuff, right? So they they end up losing the baby in birth, right? So I'm just sitting there just weeping. Yeah. Like, like weeping, like trying not to look at my dad. You know? uh, and he's doing the same thing. I know it over there, but we just we don't look sure. at each other. <laughs> you know, because of my own story. Dad so, stuff, yeah. So it, I, she's doing this. And they, then they to go into business. You know, they lose the baby, but they they go they build a business uh, doing this business called Grace and Lace, making you know they were like these cute like you know boot knit socks, something like that. Comes something comes up above the boots and handful of other stuff, and they're like doing like like more than one million dollars in business in a year. Like it's like like what the hell? Yeah. Every business on there is doing massive money. It seems like, um, and so, anyways, they. You could see in their pitch, like Mark Cuban's just the best. He's like, good for you. He always says good for you when he like actually is like likes what someone's doing. He's like, good for you. And you could see in their pitch, like they're, it's much more like this is, this is, this is the dream we it all want. It has meaning yeah, for this them. Is, there's a lifestyle in this business. Yeah. It's not like an opportunity that they're exploiting, which is, that's fine too. 
But the thing that's so compelling about that is there's this lifestyle in this business, this story, this, yeah, this purpose, this meaning in it. And not that we all need to sort of go through that kind of thing to have that experience no, or something. But she didn't, it's not like she did some like business evaluation and then decided that there yeah. was an opportunity in knitting. Yeah. She started exactly. knitting because she loved it. Yeah. And uh, so, and, and I don't know why, why that, that's here or there. One thing that's interesting is it's a husband wife team mm-hmm. that's doing it. That, that was, you know, and I guess going through that experience myself, like there's something that's catalyzing and, and sort of yeah, that can pull you together there. And so when, when we lost our second son, Rowan, like that happened. And guess what happens afterwards, though? About three, six, nine months down the line, you're back to the normal. And you're back to like the little comments or the little, you know, whatever, just stuff like that. You know, it's like, oh, regular life works its way back in. Just like with your business, you might get on the same note with the story and, the, and on board. And you just like a CEO kind of has to keep telling that story. Yeah. To keep, keep selling keep, the story. To keep in the boat, on the vision, doing the thing. Yep. You got to have the, not that you got to, I would I wish, I, I'm going to try to do a better job of that. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, rather than you got to have, but you you do well to get on the same page with your with your partner yeah. uh, and the people cuz also the same thing goes we haven't talked about friends and i guess that there is a difference between the friends you know and and your the person that you're with but um and whether that be a girlfriend or a or a boyfriend or an actual spouse or life partner or whatever it's always going there's this real it this is life baby this is challenging stuff this is really challenging stuff because uh, when you work at a company and you check in at nine and out at five or whatever, there's something really, uh, I don't know, there's there's something, uh, what am I looking for? Like there's, you can put that in a box mm-hmm. that fits right inside this little bento box. Okay, this is the career thing and over here is the rice and there's the teriyaki chicken and over here is the play and maybe we can have a dog here and walk it in the park because we could do this. You know what I mean? It's like all those things you, you when you're doing your own business, I mean, I would have to say, Correct me if I'm wrong here. We don't get that box, and we try real hard. You and try even know really we're hard to make it, but it's yeah. really hard to. Yeah, and 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 that's okay because this is kind of a dance. Like we're all just like my wife's business is like that. Just like raising a kid isn't like that. You know, you don't you, life isn't box. Yep. Up. You know, we all want a four hour work week the hell out of this thing, but then you're never surprised by anything. So what you're saying you is, know? don't put your kid in a box and leave them there. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if you're going to ship your kid somewhere, don't use a bento box. <laughs> At least punch some air holes in it. Put a top on that son. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, we, we should we should wrap this up here. We're just about at the end of time. But what what have we what have we missed, Caleb? What are you hearing over there? Well, we didn't talk too much about the friend part because you said mm. to come back to that. So non-spouse people, do you? Just oh, I guess yeah. The, the idea way, or like doubters or people that you know want to work what, with you or what do you say to those people? What I was really thinking about is is the the lifestyle decisions you have to make in that and that like there's things I'd like to do. That I have to say no to oh, for yeah. the sake of my business idea totally. and my relationship with my wife, yeah, and my son, you know. So, like, the, just the the, and that's what the last two episodes have been all about, you know. This idea that we you, focus looks like saying no to a lot of things, yeah. But specifically, when it's saying no to friends or things that you used to do, yeah. it's really it can be really hard. Oh, it's so hard. And a lot of times, if you're working a day job, literally working on your business means saying no to the Thursday night. You know, hangouts. Yep. Sitting on your couch watching South Park, eating mochi or whatever you might be God, doing. Mochi, Trader Joe's mochi. Um, <sighs> it means literally saying no to that to get the work done that you need to get done. And not a little bit like, so part of me, I have to tell myself a story to be okay with that. I have to tell myself this, like, this is what it looks like to turn pro. 
This is what it looks like to be a big boy. Mm-hmm. And that helps. That helps a little bit. But still, there's that there's that that pain of you know these are my these are my buddies and this is my this was always my thing and totally. now I have to stop doing it. Now there's also a discipline to remaining in those things when they keep you human and they keep you you. Because there's a there's a select group of guys that I can say I can I can talk to and they're the only ones in my life who will tell me when my shit stinks. They'll be like, "Come on, you're don't be an idiot." You're not even, you don't even sound like yourself right now. And that's valuable. That's valuable. That's so, I mean, that you got to have that in your life. Absolutely. And that's sacred space. That's just like, I mean, literally my buddies are the, the, the small group who are that, that crew to me, they are like a wife to me. They're a, a sacred sort of community thing. And, and really the great thing is that, is that my wife loves them and they love my wife. So it's like this whole friendship thing. And it's not just guys. It's also like a handful of couples up there in Portland, you know? And, and it is curious, this concept, uh, this question of like, what's the point of this partnership? Because Terry or me or you two guys, we could end up in a situation, God forbid, where we, we, are, we find ourselves like distanced enough from our spouses to be like, it makes more sense. There's more freedom. There's more goodness away from her than together, right? But there's also the sense that there's something worth fighting for in it. Mm-hmm. And of course it's difficult. There's, I mean, no, nothing's roses. You never wake up in the morning next to someone for 10 years, which I'm about to celebrate. You never wake up for someone 10 years and, and go uh, like in every single morning, just, you know, feel it erupt and blossom with you gelulous love. And I your, don't know, buddy. <laughs> gelulous love? What the fuck is that? When your love tastes like jelly. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're talking about body shots. I don't know, but you know, you know, this is a work. This is a mar- this is a marathon, right? Is the is always the the thing that people say. Yep. And the question ends up because the to me the pervasive story that runs through my head is like, uh, you know what? When we're 55, we're 60, and I really have a sense of what life's about. I don't want to have f- this up. I don't want to look back and say, yeah. And you realize that, and you look back and you realize, oh, the point was. Eating yeah. mochi and hanging out with my friends, watching South Park. Yeah, that was the whole point. And yeah. I gave that up because of X, Y, and Z. Or I gave that up because of her. Or I gave up my business because of them. Or right. I gave them up because of this. Or right. you know. And maybe there's always going to be a little bit of of future regret. It's built in, just like with a parent. You're never going to be a the best parent. Yeah, you're all. That's you're going to regret decisions, no matter what decisions you make, because you won't. You don't know as much. And that. So and I had this post on Father Apprentice that that people seemed to have really liked about like. So just start making the best decisions you know how to make and don't freak out because yeah, you're going to make mistakes. So maybe that's, that's a good takeaway here and a note to sort of end on, I guess. Yeah. If I was going to, if I was going to give my little summary of this or my little, if you're going to take one thing from this, I think I, it has to be that what you said, Corbett, about like the setting, you know, again, the fizzle show becoming about expectations, setting those expectations up front. With that, with your spouse or your partner, or maybe sometimes even with your friends, like, hey, I'm going to be pursuing this. It's going to mean, like you said, Caleb, these are the logistics of what this would look like. Though I wouldn't start there. I would start with the story. You have the, both the story and the logistics. You have the vision and what that vision is actually going to look like. You mm-hmm. have like, hey, we're going to storm the beach at Normandy. We're going to defeat these guys. We're going to, you know, the, the good guys are going to win uh, and justice will prevail. And then you have like, now we need a lot of people and a handful of boats. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. we need to get all at the same place at the same time on the night before. Okay. And we need some ham because these guys are going to be hungry. <laughs> 
Probably MRIs. <laughs> so if MRIs. I was gonna ta- if I was gonna say you know one thing from this that that's probably the 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 one that I need to take my own your your own medicine on is the story and and, and uh, logistics getting on the same page with my wife about that. What would you say, Corbin? Well, gosh, what does that leave me with? Uh, I don't know. I said some pretty brilliant stuff. I think there. I, I specifically remember something about Shark Tank. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Something about hanging out with your dad on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> we remember stories. We do. Um, yeah, you know, I would, uh, I'd, I'd have to go, I, I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to have to go with basically the same thing. Yeah. I, I think you need to sell, sell what you want to do. If this person's important to you, if these people in your life are important to you, mm-hmm. you kind of have to decide, are you going to do this without their support and try to just make it work and then be like, you know, hopefully that, they come around eventually. Yeah. That's kind of a rough path. So I'd say, imagine that the person that you're selling is an investor because they are, especially if this is a spouse or your family, they are investors because they're investing their savings as well and their time with you and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. in their future. So imagine they're an investor and um, sell it to them just like you would a regular investor. Like this is what the future looks like. This is what the costs are. This is why I think it's worth it. This is the percentage chance that I think this might happen. And here's when we're going to reevaluate and see whether or not we're making the progress we need to make to keep this yeah. green-lighted. And a great place to start would be even just sharing this podcast episode with them. Yeah. You know, but just to say, like, the, the, we're, I'm, not, I'm not, like, I don't know, to see the heart and, and chutzpah behind doing a business, when you can share that with, a, with your partner and they see, I don't know, maybe this podcast isn't a great way to do it, but I, I would say if I showed this to my wife, she would be, like, receptive to it. Yeah. You know? Um, Caleb, what would you say? I would say, I mean, similar things to what you guys are saying, but also, I mean, you just have to make sure you're both on the same page. And if you're not, then have your spouse or partner or family or whoever, you know, say what their doubts are. Talk about your doubts. Don't, don't Mm -hmm. have hidden things that you guys are keeping from each other. You know, don't go and work when you should be doing something else on it and, you know, lie about it. You know, that, that starts to just make things that start to fester like, uh, terry was talking about where mm-hmm. problems just creep up when you know you don't just you don't discuss problems with each other and you know one of the things about marriage and then also maybe you both have a business or one of you does and one of you has a regular job or is parenting or what have you you know you need counseling for marriages a lot of time and maybe you need business partner counseling like that's common isn't it corbett like for business partners to have like a third party that they can discuss things with and not have their lawyers present, but like yeah, well, I mean, I think that's kind of thing before. Yeah, that's kind of the point of having advisors or a yeah. board of directors. Not that you want to be having a fight in front of your advisors right. or whatever, but yeah, definitely. I mean, but discussions. I, yeah, yeah, and I guess we didn't really get into the business partner aspect of this, but I've had definitely the most stressful relationships I've ever had have been related to business partners, not spouses or yeah. anybody else. Because there's a lot yeah. of things at stake, just like there is with a marriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay, well, I've been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Wardman Barr. Did you just steal his middle name? Can I do that? <laughs> you could try. I've been Caleb Logic. <laughs> paused and stuttered. Stay married, folks. <laughs> so there you have it. Fizzleshow.co slash 55 is where you'll find notes on everything we discussed here, including a helpful list I made on how to share your vision and logistics with your spouse or partners. And there's some great little bits there for you. We talked about how important it is to do that. 
I've collected a list on the show notes page showing you exactly how. We're giving you some tips and tricks on how to do that. Again, that's at fizzleshow.co slash 55. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.co slash 55. And listen, this is an important conversation. So if you know anyone who should hear this before it's too late, maybe, uh, anyone who's ambitious and driven and who you want to stay in their relationships for the long haul, maybe share this episode with them. Here's a great iTunes review from Dave Ray Reed. He says, being confident in myself just got better. Five stars. Thanks, Fizzle Guys, for making this subject, Finding Your Voice, the first topic in the Fizzle Show. I'm just about to complete that assignment in the Fizzle course, Start a Blog That Matters, where we write five posts for each of the blog themes we have come up with to explore. And while I'm enthusiastic about the blog topics I have found that I can write on, how to approach this was leaving me feeling uncertain. With hearing this podcast, I am now more relaxed and ready to just do it, letting my thoughts flow onto the page in the same ways that are most natural to me. It feels right to give myself over to saying how I feel about the subject I am writing on and to be less concerned with any particular writing style or wording. I'll just pick up with my story and tell about it in my own way. That's so cool, Dave. Thanks for writing that. Dave wrote that in uh, the iTunes reviews where you can see that alongside a bunch of others. Um, I'd love it if you'd write something to us there. Simply search for the show in the iTunes store and click write a review. I'd love to hear your voice. So this romance stuff, take a look inside, look for the smiles. You're not broken, or rather, no one out there is truly fixed. We're all a bunch of ragamuffins just trying not to screw this whole thing up, this whole life thing. So find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks. Talk to you next Fizzle Friday.